The Consummate Athlete seeks health, community, and adventure through movement. And here on the podcast, longtime endurance coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford and author and cycling coach Molly Herford are helping you lead your best active, adventurous life. Every week, we talk with professional athletes, health and fitness experts, and of course, real-life consummate athletes. We're excited to have you along for the ride. All right. Hey, everybody. Hope your week is going well. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Uh, we've had so many great interviews lately. Uh, the maybe one silver lining to the self-isolation and quarantining is that uh, it's actually been a lot easier to hop on the phone with people as there's no longer the uh, excuse of, oh, I need to go to the gym or I need to go swim or rock climb or any, you know, activities that involve getting out of your house so it's yeah. been a lot easier to so schedule so if anyone has stuff. wish list ones or moonshots uh you know connect us with these people or put in that request with them and and or just email or or use the contact form to let us know that these are moonshots you'd like us to try for but if you have any connections um we'd love that for sure and someone you find interesting yeah and so we we decided this week we would put out an interview on our normal day and then actually follow it up with a bonus q a because we've gotten a couple questions that are also you know obviously related a little bit to what's going on right now and just sort of how to train through and motivate through honestly races leaving the calendar you know right and that one was a triathlon episode yeah, and I mean, Alyssa Gadeski, who we had on on Tuesday, is a professional Ironman triathlete, and I mean, for her, gosh, she raced once this season, and then just everything has just pretty much been canceled since then, right. and I mean, when that's your when that's your career, um, then that's... So her. maybe some good perspective for anyone who's feeling a little down, understandably, about the season and stuff. It's happened to a lot of people and some of these people are like again olympians or you know going at it pretty hard or for careers so it's yeah and we actually have another we have another episode coming out pretty soon with Catherine pendrel the olympic mountain biker from canada and you know we talked to her a bit about the what it looks like having the olympics get canceled and you know what could have easily been a retirement year for her Mm. um so how she's kind of coping with that so again just a little bit of a dose of perspective you know obviously it sucks for everyone when your goal race gets canceled but yeah and i think not to like say that someone else's goal isn't as important she actually talks in the episode about her husband had goals as a you know I'm, you know, master's man, uh, you know, he was going to race some local races and stuff. He's the fittest he's been. He's had a good winter. Um, so yeah, so we're all let down, but again, we're going through this maybe together. We're also, you know, trying to draw from other people's perspective on this, I think is the important takeaway with that. Mm -hmm. Um, what I also thought with the triathlon episode though, was, you know, some of these questions we're getting around right now are, different ideas for training, um, you know, and for cyclists, especially and some sports, you know, there's one session a day, but I think from triathlon, we, we can get this idea of more of a generalist's view, a consummate athlete view of, of what training is. But also I really like the idea of like double and triple days, like triathlon days, quote unquote, where maybe you do think about going and running with the kids or the dog, you know, playing catch with the dog in the morning, you know, and again, it doesn't have to be marathon running. It could just be the way that kids would run sprinting across the field and then, you know, squat down, crawl on the ground, jump around. Yeah. Anytime I hear about like an Ironman training schedule, it honestly just 
makes me cringe inwardly a little bit and then wonder how the heck we ever did that. Like as Alyssa's talking through what a normal day of training was like, my jaw was just on the ground. And granted, she's, you know, professional and but she does do other work. She coaches and everything. So it's it's not to say she doesn't have to do actual desk work during the day. Um so I think the double days are great. The triple days totally. Um in moderation perhaps right but i think the the nice thing is that it fits into that like before work again you're out walking the dog could you throw and run around with the dog lunch you know whatever you like to do squats you know a bit of calisthenics do you go for a run do you go for a bike indoors or outdoors and then after work you know again can do the kids need to go for a walk do you need to spend time with your spouse can you do a walk maybe you are into some other type of sport maybe i saw Jody, who's a local friend here, um, he was out on rollerblading. I don't know if I can say that. What? Yep. Oh, my they God. They pulled them out. And I was like, what a genius idea. And, and I was just writing in pre- preparation for our uh, How to Be Inside presentations coming up this weekend. Details in the show notes. Make sure you watch it on Zoom. Um, but that was one of my suggestions, actually, for how to train inside or like in a confined state is... You have a workout that's like every single exercise apparatus in your house, weights, those stupid balance pods that I have for some reason that I've rarely used, you know, exercise bands, yoga mat, bike, rollerblades, you know, rollerblade outfit from the 90s. And then you sort of put them in a pile or on a list. The kids could help. You make like a grid or something. Every person in the house, the exercise equipment, and you have to use it. Whoa. Yeah. That's that's like the ultimate consummate athlete I challenge. Know, I know. In fact, if you can do a flat lay of everything that you have in your house, exercise equipment wise, take a picture, post it, like hashtag is the consummate flat lay, athlete. Is that like the influencer like on the yoga mat with all Yeah, exactly. Stuff? Okay. I feel is is this the one we were or was that last episode we were making fun of influencers? Where I called them a gaggle or you a called gaggle. them a gaggle? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well we all are gaggle of influencers, I guess, but we're we're going to well take a picture of your your stuff take a picture of you using said apparatus no judgment if you have rollerblades that's okay that's amazing right yeah yeah i like that a lot yeah i have a couple clients actually that were into it and stayed in some of them more on the freestyle side of things um but yeah i mean it all counts right Hey, we've been doing table tennis. I'm getting better. I think that's another good example for sure. Any like who has a ping pong table or a pool table or all these things, right? That's all definitely part of the like precision, you know, fine motor skills. So I love it. And it's funny. I was actually reading something today that um, this is a weird thing to mention, but that uh, constipation is a pretty big issue right now with everyone in self-isolation and like... Yeah, just like not getting out. I have never been better, which is too much information. Wow. Okay. We went there. Um... (laughs) I was just saying in general, but okay. Um, yeah, so I guess like with all of just like sitting around all day and like not really moving as much and, you know, you're sure. probably instead of going, even if you just think about like going out to dinner or like out for drinks or whatever, you're still getting up and moving a fair bit. Um, whereas it's pretty easy to go from the dinner table to the couch when you're home in self-isolation. Hmm. Um, I have not heard this. This sounds... Yeah, this is a thing. Sounds possible. I mean, muscular contraction does a lot of stuff, so... Anyway, so like a quick game of table tennis or whatever after dinner, you know, you're up, you're moving, just kind of helping with your digestion a little bit instead of just going straight from dinner to the couch, Mm -hmm. I think is really good. Um, The other thing I've actually been doing, so everyone knows I usually do my morning core and yoga and obviously, you know, still doing that and then my afternoon workout. But then a few days a week, we we have a pull-up bar now um, just in our doorway and 
every other day at least. I'm just, you know, once a day, just kind of going on to that whenever I'm sort of between stuff and mm-hmm. just working on my pull-ups. And I did get to 10, by the you way. Did? Two weeks ago, we said that I, I was just going to muscle it, muscle my way through and bully my body into doing 10, and I did it. So right. <laughs> so now good. So now what? Well, now I want to make sure, I, I actually want to just improve the 10. Right. Um, to are, get it are where. Are we going to use sets and reps now or no? No. Okay. Um, no, I just want to be able to get them to where they're like really, really proper, like fantastic technique level. Yeah. Because I can like bully my way through them. And like they'd count in gym class, but I want like. Yeah. You want to get to like a strict dead hang where like toes are out in front and yeah, you're getting more exactly. abdominal activation exactly yeah. so working on that i don't really need to keep going i think above that i think 10 is a, a good yeah the range of motion is tough for a lot of people too like you end up that's where the shoulders get creaky is if you actually start going to like dead hang at the bottom i find i can do five with dead hang like totally yeah. fine but then after that it starts getting a little trickier so mm-hmm. and really that's where well. i think that home pull-up bar is really nice because you can just hang and add more time gradually and if your shoulders start talking to you take a day off oh and i keep having people ask me where we got our pull-up bar again amazon it's like the cheapest one on there it's like 22 yeah, most bucks. of the department i would say we have canadian tire um any of the walmart big boxy yeah much i wish i could I... recommend a local thing yeah, but... a, a locally sourced pull-up bar no it's uh there's like very infomercially right like they they always try and pitch it that like you can lay it on the ground and use oh, it for yeah um, ab curls and stuff yeah crunches. i guess i guess that and push-ups i guess yeah but, yeah i like it anyway Hmm. um yeah just a random aside um yeah so let's let's maybe get into the questions okay i mean i think we're sort of covering some of the like brief or or you know just how do you be inside which hopefully again we'll pitch the talk once more on when is it saturday 7 to 10 saturday 8 p.m so april 18th at 8 p.m we're having a how to be outside virtual summit on zoom and facebook live and as much as we can on Instagram live, it'll be available afterwards on YouTube yeah. and everything. And yeah, um, those of you who've been listening know that I was planning the how to be outside speaker series for downtown Collingwood, April 18th, but obviously so that's this is how to be inside that got postponed. So now we're doing what, like I keep cheekily calling it the how to be inside. Right. Um, but it's, it's technically the how to be outside virtual summit. Gotcha. Virtual summit. Yeah. Okay. So info on that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, so the first question I think is really, you know, it's something that's going to be an issue almost no matter what during, you know, the, during every athlete's life, we'll say. Yeah. So I, I think the, the first thing, why don't we take this into a couple different scenarios and we can try and pull out some, some stories, I guess, out of them. But the first one would be when, like, how do you keep going when, training or racing is not going well that's a good one especially when training isn't going well to be honest yeah yeah and so i think with this you sort of always come back to we're all like i like to try and start with this is why we we are athletes right like we're all trying to become better uh within ourselves within some sort of confines of sport you know some sort of of pursuit um, and so I, I think with this one, I would come back to just establishing, like, what are you trying to do? In this case, it sounds like it's being a bicycle rider. 
And so if the races aren't going well, you know, you just aren't having the success you want. Sometimes that's, you know, a, a training error. Sometimes it's just, you know, the racing is competitive and that's okay. But what it should show you then is in the races, you're either, you know, feeling pretty good and everything's as you would expect, except for the performance, the outcome is not good because the result is not good. And so in that case, your training may just not be enough, but you're not tired. So in that case, then I would say it's a gut check that like you need to figure out a way to get faster. So that might be different type of intervals, more intervals, or it might be more volume because we assume that whatever you're doing is not like you're feeling okay. You're not feeling tired and run down. Um, so in that case, I would say you got a gut check and it's like, instead of doing three by 10, you got to start going to four by tens, or instead of, you know, never riding three hours on the weekend, you got to find a day to do your longer ride, right? You just need to increase the load that you can handle to try and match what the competitors are doing, right? Like, I think a good uh, principle is always thinking about like, what would you expect someone who's winning that race to be doing? And is that what you are doing? Right? Right. So I think that's scenario one and with the races aren't going well. Scenario two would be like you're tired and like you would expect that you would be doing well. Like, you know, for some reason, maybe you've won these races in the past. You were pretty familiar with your competitors, um, but you get there and you're just not motivated or you're feeling really slow. Usually this means the start, the first lap just doesn't go well. So there's a few scenarios here. If you actually are feeling tired, then we backtrack to like, is life not going well? You know, works have been really busy you're not sleeping. Is there something health wise, something like iron? Should we get a blood test? Have you got a blood test in the last six months? Um, so looking into those sort of major, you know, low hanging fruit, as far as where fatigue might be coming from, it might mean you just need to be a little more gentle with yourself. I just did a post on Instagram and maybe I'll do a post on the blog, but well, you can link to my Instagram post, just going through, I posted sort of my HRV and my heart rate. So morning heart rate, resting heart rate, morning, HRV. So the variation in those beats we've had Marco on, so I don't need to explain that hugely, but the thing being just building to sort of this virus COVID stuff as we were in Spain and in the, the sort of week or two ahead of when we had to fly home in a semi rush home, but as everything was breaking, you could see sort of my heart rate raising and the training load wasn't high. We had finished our major camp. We had our women's camp, which wasn't, you know, hugely, Training stress-wise wasn't huge for me. We did some big rides, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I would expect that week to be stressful in that we had a lot to do and, you know, managing sort of social and everything else. It was super fun week, though. Um, but my training load was such that I would have expected my heart rate to be fairly level, maybe, you know, maybe elevated, but it was building. And I think, you know, you were getting stressed. And so all this to say stress was building not because of me training the best I've ever trained, Um and again, just to finish that, the HRV was dropping. And so once we've gotten home and gotten into a routine and not that things are great, but we're not, you know, so worried about being okay. And there's no like immediate threat anymore. I'd say like the, right. the tiger is not chasing us at the moment. Right. So what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that once routine has returned, sleep has returned, you know, work is pretty good right now as good as I guess anyone can expect um you know I've been able to and this is I think it was three weeks with no intensity in my training and very low volume for me I I would say low volume for me not very low um 
And then just this past week, so week three of being home, I've been able to have like a fairly normal, lower volume, but better from an intensity motivation, you know, volume. And the numbers are good, if not the best they've been in quite some time, actually, um, because that winter went pretty well. But it took sort of like some awareness around like stress is building. I'm not feeling amazing. Sleep is not great life is crazy and just being super cautious. So I think the takeaway in this point is, you know, if life is stressful and you're tired due to training, due to stress, due to life or any, or would be and, or, um, you might just need to back off the intensity and stop pushing so hard. Cause if you know that you've been at the front of the thing, you're underperforming, then a lot of times it's fatigue masking the form and you just need to back off and it might be less than you've done in the past. And that's, that's okay. I think we're all in that boat right now. This is why I'm, I've talked about maintenance right now rather than base. I'm hesitant to call this a base phase or a, uh, yeah, I'm hesitant to call it a base phase because I don't see the need or the ethics, I guess, behind really pushing volume right now. Right. Yeah. And I mean, as far as the, the mental kind of side of it comes, or comes, I tend to go back to like, what do you actually enjoy doing and can you do more of that? Like where are the easy wins going to come from as far as kind of getting away from the feelings of burnout and feeling motivated again? So and maybe that's a great, because now we're almost talking, this could be training or the racing. And I think that's a mm-hmm. great point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you really love like longer runs on trails, you know, figure out if you can do them safely right now, then great. Well, and you had this in the past years um, or many years, really you were, you like biking, you like being around bike races, but training for biking has never been something you've been. Yeah, exactly. So you joined a crit team. I joined a crit team of all lovely ladies. They were fantastic. Yeah. And my training for the first race of the season was I rode my bike once. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to point out I didn't suck either. Well, like, I was okay. That is you, but you are not a crit racer. No, I am not. Cornering a crit racer. and cadence are not things that you do. They are not. Um, but all that to say, you know, you sort of came to terms with, you know, you really like running, and you don't really like running very quickly, like in, as far as doing intervals and stuff. Now, your coach David has edged you towards that. Still it, don't like it. But he's he's tricked you over time. But all that to say, you sort of revisited like you aligned with the training you wanted to do a little bit. And, and that was drastic in some ways to, to move away for, to say, I'm going to pursue running. But this might be the same as someone who's been trying to race road and realizing they want to race mountain bike or gravel or cross or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, to me, I, I don't know. I think that's, that's a thing that a lot of us end up in because we like the community in one sport and that is not necessarily but it's not the sport that we love, right? Like I love the cyclocross and mountain bike communities more than anything, right. um, but I'm not a very good cyclocross or mountain bike racer. So, you know, I've, I've figured out ways that I can be part of those scenes without actually having to race. Sure. Um, and I think that's, that's probably one of the, the best things that you can do. If you're feeling a lack of motivation, it usually tends to come back to visiting like, okay, well, what are you training for? Do you actually like doing the training? And a lot of the time, I think the answer is no. Yeah. And I think right now, but in general as well. So there's this, what do you like to do? What do you want to do day to day? This is my, can you prepare for the goal that you've set? And do you want to prepare for the goal that you've set? Can you and do you want to, right? So we've talked about like me training for Ironman. There was a lot of like failing forward, like reasons to do it. 
Um, and I knew it was a short term in terms of like a seasonal goal, but it wasn't like my life goal. So it was fine. I got through it and we had built in enough like time together and skills based stuff that it was fine. But again, like I did not enjoy a lot of that training. Um, and I, again, I think sometimes we set goals, you know, I have this conversation often about some of these big Leadville type things. And it's like, it's tough because the, the training that this person might need to do is quite different than what they want to do, what they can do, where they live, what they do with their friends, what their, you know, the cycling group they're part of does. Um, you know, these are off-road events. So you have to ride off-road for extended periods of time. If you like doing sprints, you know, Saturday morning, you know, at 6 a.m. for an hour or something, you know, in a group ride, um, you know, crit practice, then it's just not going to equate Right. And so at some point in your life, you need to go and do these long rides. Right. And so that would be an example of people sign up for events. It's a big bucket list event, but we haven't sort of checked the boxes of like his family on side. Do I want to actually prepare for this? Right. And that's the struggle is that those things should align because that's we're just trying to say, like, I'm going and doing these big gravel rides, which I really enjoy because I'm going to go do this big gravel ride in, you know, whenever Dirty Kansas is happening now, October or whatever. Um Right. You're, tr- you're trying to just really to me, it, it's really about it. It's, I don't want to say the journey, but it's about saying, you know, I'm going to race mountain bikes in the future sometime when that comes back, because I really like going up and down hills really hard. And I like the challenge of like pushing that limit for 90 minutes. Right. And that's why I keep signing up for these XCO races that that's really where my head's at right now. And I like the training for it. And that's what I've been doing for the, like with this last week, I say that went well, hundred percent focus basically on that. Right. hundred percent basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think maybe the last note about burnout is if you're like questioning, you know, are you heading towards burnout? Are you lacking motivation? The one, the one thing I kind of come back to for myself is always, I start every workout and 10 minutes in I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get started and I'll be like, okay, if, if I still don't want to be doing this in 10 minutes, I'll stop. I'll walk home. It's fine. Like, just not my day. I don't think I've ever actually stopped and walked home because it's usually once you're out the door and you're moving, um, you pretty quickly re-engage, I'll say, and start feeling better as you just get moving. Yes. And I think within that it's like this idea of being an athlete where there's it's almost like no off days right there's sort of this like hashtag no off days but there's also hashtag no pain no gain right and to me it's there's no off days because every day we're trying to get a little bit better and we're focused on being consistent in our sport now that doesn't mean no pain no gain it means that today because i did this run yesterday um you know i'm sore i'm tired you know, training load, the week went really well, but I needed to get out and spin and regain some of the good feeling. I, it felt horrible for an hour. And then the last half hour of the 90 minute ride started cadence, came back, speed came back, motivation came back. Um, and, and so you need those light days. Most of the days should be these lighter intensity days because that's what keeps the consistency and lets me on Tuesday go back to the local hill, do the focused intervals, work on being, you know, at that race pace, then a couple of easy days, right? And so it's all about consistency. So to your point, if you're a runner, I think you should probably walk some days and that's great, but you're out there for that time, getting better, 
taking care of consistency. Yeah, exactly. Like the beginning or like the minutes before you're supposed to be doing your workout is not the time to be deciding if you're going to get out or not. No, we always joke about Jocko, but I think that's uh, Jocko Willick has a podcast as well. And you can look up on iTunes. It's it's pretty aggressive and like pretty intense, like seal type motivation. But Navy seal, not like or, 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 seal. Yeah. Don't go in there thinking that you're going to get a happy seal. But um, quite motivational, I think, for the right person. And anyhow, he has things about like start, like the time to start is now. Like you've been procrastinating. Now is the time to start, like take the first step. And I think with workouts, like the best consistency I ever get is when it's booked in for 10 a.m. and I'm out the door for 10 and I, I like to be home for noon. Um, and you, you know, know what? When you get home, you can decide that you're you're never going to ride a bike again and you can cancel tomorrow's workout. Right. And that's a Jocko thing, actually, is there are no off days. And so you start the workout. And if today, if you if tomorrow you still feel like you need an off day, then you can take one. But if you the d- first day, you don't get to take an off day. You need to go out and do something. I think it's just like you don't redecide that, like in the moment. Oh, I'm not going to do this workout today. Yeah, and I think the athlete mindset too is that okay, you know, I go out to my local hill on Tuesday, and this run fatigue could considerably like that was a pretty big kick in the pants. And so muscularly, my body may not want to go up a hill anymore um, very quickly, you know, at the outputs that I was doing last week. But I might decide to do those at a more moderate. I might decide to do shorter. I might decide to do them on flat and just focus on cadence, right? And I go through the motions. And so if I have a three to four by eight to 12 type set set of workout, a workout set, I guess, um, can I go through the motions and do something, right? work on some element of what I need to get better at, right? Starts, coordination, skills, cornering, technical, climbing, descending, you mm-hmm. know, arrow position, hold arrow position for eight minutes. Right. Uh, side note, if anyone does want to listen to Jocko, I highly recommend the Jocko remixes okay, yeah. that are like know, dubbed Apple, over. Apple music. I don't know what that's called, but if you look up like Jocko, you should probably find it. It probably is better to do the electronic it's one. It's way funnier. Like right before a big workout, like maybe when you are doing your hill intervals. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Throw that on there. <laughs> First two tracks at least are pretty yeah. good. It maybe gets old after that, but. All right. Well, should we move on to the next here? I'm just trying to make sure that we, because we were going to say there was trainings going well, training you're tired. I think, I think that's good. Was there another element to this? We've talked about the... The long-term goal, like what are you, what do you want to do? And then the short-term, oh, like the one can thing, you prepare? We talked about this yesterday as we were running and I think it was probably good for me because frankly, I really wanted to turn around for the first like 45 minutes. So having this conversation talking of through sort of how we would answer this question was very helpful for me. Um, the one thing we kind of came back to is like, who do you want to be when you're 70? Is maybe a good sort of like starting place to think about like, right. You know, even even if you're maybe not motivated at the moment for obviously, you know, a race in the next couple of months because there aren't any or you don't really have a super specific fitness goal right this second. I think you can think way longer term, like several decades ahead. You know, like if I'm thinking about who I want to be when I'm, you know, 90, I would like to still be spry enough to, you know, be one of those weird 95 year olds that's out there like doing like 
world record 5Ks. and Right. And so that's maybe a good motivation to at least thinking that way for some of us who either have pains now, you know, or starting to see like, oh, I can't squat below a certain depth or, you know, knee pain or things like this to do some of these therapy exercises or to control intensity, right? And just not beat ourselves up again. This is where that no pain, no gain is misleading is because we think that every workout we need to be, you know, in a heap on the ground. And again, do you see that being a long-term solution, right? And I think that's where motivation starts coming apart is when we just that little bit too hard. It's such a cliche. It's the, you know, the, the most common coaching, you know, training error um, is that, hard endurance and then you try and go hard every day basically right but no day is really that hard in that case um, I think that's good there was another thought on burnout I had burnout or longevity yeah well if you think of it you can add it to the show notes or <laughs> pop into the next question with it later oh I, I guess in real similar to that like 70 you know maybe that's not as sexy to think about too but i think the other thing that sometimes motivates me is just that idea of the people who are going to be winning the races which occasionally i still try and be one of those people like what are they doing today and so when i think about i'm going to canadian nationals and i know that there's at least five of those guys are training like they're full-time athletes right so i'm gonna have to try and like show up and pull one you know out of my hat so to speak um you know i better be showing up and doing some work right i'm not them i'm not at that stage of my life but if i train well i have a lot of experience and i can be there right but i I don't get that for free Mm -hmm. right and then i also think about clients and i'm like I'm, i'm asking these people who are you know with families and stuff to go out and train sometimes it's at five six seven eight nine o'clock at night right so if i can't train you know at 10 a.m which i often am able to you know that's woe is me so that sometimes gets me out the door but thinking about you know you're talking to your friend and they're going to tell you about their training for the week right and sometimes if you do need that motivation on the get out the door and, and it's not because you have a ton of life stress then sometimes it's thinking to your future self explaining it to someone right I like that. Yeah. You know, do you have a parent or a spouse or a friend who's going to say like, oh, what'd you do for rides or training this week? You know, how many miles did you ride this week or, you know, whatever. It's true. Yeah. With my dad, anytime he asks how many miles I ran, he usually just ends with like, oh, that's it. (laughs) Well, don't know if there's a right answer there, but. Womp womp. Okay. So we have one more question. We turned that into several. So that's hopefully helpful. Hey, Peter. What does a registered kinesiologist and endurance coach do? Well, Molly, let me tell you, I work with busy people that want to do big, crazy adventures. You know, these are people who have kids, they have families, they have all sorts of work stuff they got to do, but they have big goals. They maybe want to do a big mountain bike race, 100 miler, something like Dirty Kanza. They might just want to keep up on the group ride. And all these things are really, really cool adventures and really good breaks from all the other stuff we have going on in our, in our busy lives, right? So I help people do that. And so I really like programming and finding ways that we can fit movement into their lives. Sometimes that involves, you know, consultation around movement or trying to work through some sort of injury. Uh, and sometimes it's just dealing with, you know, fitting stuff in and getting the work done. So that's what I do. I, I coach and I build training plans and, you know, 
that's that's what a registered kinesiologist and endurance coach does in my case. And how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in, in well, chatting with you? You're on the Consummate Athlete podcast. You go to consummateathlete.com. You can find coaching links on that website. Awesome. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. Um, so this next question is basically about detraining and sort of getting older and sort of when to know what... How do you know if you've if you've peaked, so to speak? Yeah, I get this question in a, a couple of different forms, right? It's sort of that right now, um, with all the races getting canceled, it's sort of like, have I missed my chance to do these big bucket list races? I'm, you know, 45 right now. Next year, I'm 46. My fitness is going to drop off a cliff. I'll never be able to do Leadville. This year, I could do it. Next year, I can't do it. And I don't know that that's how the body works. There's a lot of good... Uh, evidence out there about the aging process Um, and sometimes this idea of like after 40 it's all downhill or after 50 it's all downhill or after 60 it's all downhill Um, so I think in the last Q&A we talked about that webinar on detraining with uh, Stu Phillips and Trent Stellenworth Uh, so we'll link that again because I do think if you really want like a look at what happens over the course of days and weeks in terms of endurance and in terms of uh, strength they're the guys to talk to about muscle and muscle wasting, especially in the short term. So if you take a week off, two weeks off, four weeks off, the overarching message there was that maintenance of fitness doesn't actually take that much. So if you can't go to the gym, you can actually maintain a lot of your strength without a lot of uh, weight you know, to be lifted or um, uh, intensity, I guess, right? But you, they, they talked about maybe adding, if you don't have the load, adding more reps or sets, so more volume to your your lifting. So that might be five sets of 10 push-ups rather than your bench press of whatever, th- right. three by six or five by five. Uh, for endurance, it was like elite level. So again, we're not all elite. So the amount of maintenance may not be even as much, but elite runners um might actually been teams were but people with quite high vo2s it was like two by 40 minute runs and some core sessions and they maintained a large percentage so i think that's interesting on the short term for this immediate problem but the question is more towards aging and i was saying to you yesterday that a lot of the aging research is like oh you know people get to these milestone ages or whatever and then they as you get older you just lose this percentage of your fitness your vo2 your muscular strength but there's also a lot of things wrapped up in these studies because we also do things as we get older like at 65 life often changes abruptly for people they stop working maybe they go on vacation more you know they go on cruises they're golfing, you know, whatever. And so some of that is motivational. Some of it is getting older and more aches and pains, recovering slower for sure. But we also have these odd things in life. Like we have kids at a certain age and then, oh, after 30 years, your fitness plummets. Well, is it because you're 30 or is it because you have kids and now you're, you know, sitting around watching sports more than doing sports, right? There's just a lot of stuff. We work nine to five. We work our working years from, you know, whatever, 25 to 65, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the research shows that when you find these people who are, are maintaining their activity level, they keep strength training, they find new sports, they're always out walking, you know, and you uh, listeners probably know at least one person who's just 70 and still racing or, right. you know, that guy who rides hundred miles every day or goes to the gym and lifts, you know, tons. There's lots of these examples of people who are, are quite good well well into whatever age you want to pick right but 
they maintain fitness and the ability to do their sport, which I think is the bigger question is just like, can you do your sport on some level? Right. I, I think it's reasonable to say like at some point, some of these bucket list things aren't necessarily conducive of health or longevity. Right. And I, I think that's a personal question to ask is, is riding a hundred miles frequently going to be associated with longer life i don't know that we can say that like it's a longevity pursuit right like if you went to be a monk and you know practice fasting you'd probably live quite a bit longer right um so it's this balance of sort of like health longevity and performance even right Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know i think so so in that message is the reason for our training going back to question one then is what do you enjoy do you enjoy training for mountain bike racing you know, do you want to see yourself get fitter? We have our Steven Seiler intervals that we learned about last. So we have our three by eight and four by eight. Can you see progress in the next four weeks in those whatever intervals you want to do? Um, you know, in your pushups, Molly's can do 10 pull-ups today. You know, can we see that progress? This is the why is when so little else is controllable, your fitness and the things you can do more specifically. This week I did intervals at 300 watts right next week 305 or one more interval at 300 watts or one more minute at 300 watts one more pull up one more push up this is stuff that gradually you can increase and see like that is so motivational and like your self esteem your self efficacy increases with that right and so next year if molly can finally race again and she goes back to a 50k run if she's continued to run and do her 20k runs and her pull ups and step ups and all this stuff you're going to be a better or as good at least, right? If we, if we think aging is going to take this all away, you're going to be able to maintain a lot of that. You're not going to be a different person. Yeah. And I mean, especially with endure, like the longer endurance stuff, I'd say, especially when you're talking about like age grouper level and not, you know, Olympic level. Yeah. I would say you have a much longer runway to where you start actually dropping off. And side note, Laura Van Gilder was still destroying women a third her age in crits yeah uh, like until she she's in her 50s and she was still winning professional crits yeah and we have uh bruce bird here in ontario too is like 50 plus and just annihilates road o cups like super impressive but he works really hard and he has kids and a full-time job and everything else and that guy he trains hard now some of this could be genetic for sure we can chalk that up um but I do think this is where consistency of training, training smart, this is especially where we need to take care of our body a bit more when we're younger. Like how many of these people are just consistent in their training and don't overdo it. And then again, have these big blocks of not training, right. have, have big blocks of injury, have to get surgeries and stuff. So this is where that consistency, because that's what the question is, right? Is how long can I be healthy, healthy enough to do some of these wild things, right? Um, and so it is, it's a delicate, delicate balance, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a cliche, but I'm going to go with age is, is nothing but a number. Like if, if we can all just pretend that 2020 didn't happen and I firmly believe that we should all just do that a year from now, just, just strike this year from the record. So you're just 45 again. Has anything really changed if you've put in a good year of training? Like the well, day you turn 46, does, it's not does a everything cliff. change? It's not a cliff, right? Like when you think about anything in in the body, right? Like it's rarely this all of a sudden 
traumatic thing like unless it's an actual like car accident or something but that has nothing to do with age being someone with thinning hair like it doesn't happen overnight <laughs> right like you go bald over time you become an old Peter, i don't know what an you're old grumpy about. man in everyone's case except for me because i've sort of been an old grumpy man most of my life um you know these things happen over time and that's the same as fitness like you're going to change you're going to recover slower but again there's there's ways that we can maintain if not keep improving elements of our fitness your point about we're not all olympians is, is quite valid i think a we might not have that peak that they have but maintaining that peak performance a is not necessarily healthy when you're pushing the limits of you know body composition you're pushing the limits of training volume the load the number of repetitions on the body so us age groupers maybe have benefited from not pushing so hard early so you know, females with bone comp or bone density and muscle mass, maybe there's more coming into middle age. Um, but then also, where was I thinking with that? Also, I guess our, our, our ability to improve is where I was going with that is, you know, you're not someone like Catherine Pendrell, who's, you know, been pursuing like maximal endurance training, maximal sprint training, all the skill training, right? All these elements to be very elite at a very specific thing. We're people who, you know, we could, how many people know how to bunny hop? How many know how to ride with flat pedals? How many know how to corner, you know, like the best crit racers, right? Laura Van Gilder, maybe, maybe she doesn't have, you know, the ability to improve her cornering, but so many age groupers could, right? So then what is fitness is almost our question, right? Yeah. And I mean, especially when you're talking about any kind of event that has yeah elements of skill in it, right? If you can get an extra year to improve your mountain biking skill, how much better are you going to be at the like Mohican or whatever? It's been really good. Uh, I coach on the Ryan Leach connection is like a video online skills coaching, I guess we call it. So there's like video lessons to how to wheelie and stuff. We had Ryan on before. Um, I think Ryan was our first guest. Could be. Yep. Yeah, he was very gracious with that. So he's been on two or three times talking about how to jump, how to wheelie. Um, I did a cyclocross dismount mount course, which would go right pretty well right now if you have a... Not took it, you created it. I, like yeah. It's, it's you. Ryan supported me and I sort of like did this um, to try and move us a bit towards like some more XC uh, cyclocross content. Um, but all that to say, his programming has been really good and they did a sort of made the wheelie course free. It may still be free if you go to Ryan Leach connection, but they have another one called baseline balance and flat pedal connection. And, and all this to say, watching people, you know, some of them are pretty confined. Like this one guy has like a, a very narrow grass sort of alleyway between his house and he's practicing wheelies. <laughs> I don't think I could wheelie through this thing. And he's gotten so much better. Like he is doing what most people would think of as like, that guy's really good at wheeling and he started with like nothing like barely get his front wheel kicked up uh so all that to say like all of us have things like none of us are ryan leach except for ryan leach right and so ryan leach is a trials rider who's very good at biking and all sorts of skills um so we have so much right and, and, and would that save crashes would that save you know make you a more efficient rider road or mountain cyclocross I don't know. There's there's so much to fitness, right? And that's not even talking about like Greg Lehman-esque, like a cup, right? Of our fitness, our, our stress, total stress level, right? So if we, as we get towards that 65, like, and our, our retirement, our job gets less stressful, we go, maybe we just work part-time somewhere, you know, because we want to. Um, hours decrease, stress decreases. I bet you see a lot of people around 60, if they're still in good health, 
a big bump. We know a few 60 plus uh, people who are really, really good still and have maintained that and even gotten better because they have that time now, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a lot, but I think just thinking about that health, I think, you know, where there's the performances are Catherine Pendrell's going for the Olympics. Most of us are in that health. We're focused on how can we improve health? How can we hold on to this health for longer? Um, more of a holistic, right? And I, I think, again, that's the Consummate Athlete podcast is where we're trying to look at all these different things. Perfect. All right. I think we will end there. Um, everyone, feel free to join tomorrow night or Saturday night, April 18th, over on the virtual How to Be Outside Summit. Uh, info in the show notes and hope to hope to see you all there. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. While you still have your podcast app open, do us a huge favor. Head over to iTunes or whatever app you're listening in and rate and review the podcast. It's super helpful. It you know gets us more guests on the show. It gets me a dog. Um, and it's just you know a good way to give back if we've provided any kind of value to you throughout all of the episodes you've listened to. If you're looking for the show notes, you can find those at www.consummateathlete.com. We have lots of other content over there and any information about coaching or events can also be found at that same website. And you can find us on the social medias at Molly J. Herford and at Peter Glassford on Twitter and Instagram. And we would love to hear from you. Thanks so much. And we will see you next week.